Thrill Me. This show is part of the Thrill Me Podcast Network. Experience more on Facebook and YouTube. It's time for the Mr. Wonderful Show. Here's your host, Mr. Wonderful. Hey, everybody. Welcome in to another episode of the Mr. Wonderful Show. A bit of a late recording. I thought I was going to be able to pull something off this week, but maybe next week I'll be able to figure it out. It was not as easy as I thought, and that's pretty much what I mean by that is if you have not subscribed yet and gone to our YouTube page, Throw Me Podcast Network, I thought I was going to be able to pull off the first video edition of this show, but I'm going to need to play around and do all of that. But yeah, you can do that. Go give a subscribe to the Throw Me Podcast Network on the YouTube. There's some great videos up there right now, stuff from my buddy Tombstone Josh, who's got the Metal Groove that comes out every Monday. Review it. Rob's got some stuff on there as well. Uh, you could check out his Wednesday Adams trailer reaction. That's a, that's a video that, you know, my man is very proud of. So go give it a watch if you haven't yet. But he drops the review at Rob show every Tuesday. My buddy Zach, he's got a lot of stuff up there as well on the YouTube. My buddy from Haunters Podcast and Improper Guidance, which uh, if you were part of the Patreon Throw Me Podcast Network, you could check out Improper Guidance now. Otherwise, you're going to have to wait on that. But yeah, the Patreon, a great way to support not just this show, but the entire Throw Me Podcast. So you're supporting Haunters, you're supporting the Metal Groove, Review It Rob, this show, Improper Guidance, and so on. But excited to be with you this week. Uh, also, we are Throw Me Podcast Network that is on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. So go give us a like if you haven't. Uh, a lot to get to this week. I'm going to have some reviews, some thoughts on the first two episodes for the Lord of the Rings uh, series that is now out on Amazon Prime. Also, checked out the first three episodes of She-Hulk. So I said, hope to have some reviews for you this week. We'll get into those. Uh, some quick thoughts as well on the new Wendell and Wilde trailer, the Netflix movie that's coming from Jordan Peele. Uh, but I do want to start this week with the spit heard around the world as Don't Worry Darling has finally had its debut at the Venice Film Festival. And man, what a whirlwind it has been with all of this. Now, I talked about this last episode where... I really wasn't sure how I felt about seeing this movie. I'm Team Florence Pugh. So what happened is Florence Pugh and Olivia Wilde allegedly have had a falling out. Florence Pugh is not doing press. I know I just saw as well she's not going to New York for this, for the debut and all that. Like, yeah, she's just not doing press for this. Venice was the only place where she showed up and she kind of barely showed up she really showed up like she was there but didn't go do press she walked the red carpet showed up at the premiere and she's pretty much done and the reason behind that is a lot of the timetable with everything with this so 2020 olivia wilde harry styles they start kind of hooking up on the set they start becoming a thing florence Pugh is cool with jason sudeikis his kids was not cool with that because Olivia and Jason, still a thing at the time. So, allegedly they had a little bit of beef with that, so things got a little hairy. Then there's the whole Shia LaBeouf 
situation that happened where Olivia says that she fired Shia. Then he went, you know, there's a lot of things, but you didn't fire me. I quit because Florence felt didn't like my presence and I was creating a, a toxic workplace to where she's like, nah, Miss Flo is going to have to learn. This is a wake up call for her, which mm, again, I'm team Florence, so I don't like that. But the, the, the premiere finally happened uh, as hold on. I need to quench my thirst here on this. National Beer Lovers Day. Ah, Vanilla Porter. Breckenridge Brewery. Yeah. Just a beer my brother left me months ago that I figured I'd enjoy today. So so now we're at the Venice Film Festival. Premiere happens. Red carpet stuff. Everybody's kind of pointing out how weird that was because it seemed like Olivia and Harry were trying really hard to not be photographed next to each other when it's like we are we know you're a couple now you're just making it weird but now we get to spitgate where as the cast was taking their seats being introduced all that stuff harry styles comes in and it appears he spits on his co-star chris pine um but chris does say he would like the world to know that it did not happen. It was not a spit. His rep called it a ridiculous story, a complete fabrication, and the result of an odd online illusion that is clearly deceiving and allows for foolish speculation. Yeah, I agree with that. It, it is a weird thing, but no. Harry Styles did not spit on Chris Pine. Now, all the other crap that's going on with this movie, 100% accurate. It appears that it was a toxic work environment for, for Florence Pugh. It appears that... Her and Olivia Wilde really do have some type of feud because, again, she's skipping the New York premiere. Like, Florence Pugh is so not interested in promoting this movie. And the speculation is Olivia Wilde. And I think that that is true because we've seen kind of this pattern of things unfold with the listen that video is so damning that that Shia released. And I've seen people say, oh, this is Shia's redemption. Nobody's giving him redemption. It's the fact that Olivia Wilde is somebody that has already done some things that has stirred people the wrong way and has ruffled the feathers and stuff that she's on a watch. Like, we're watching her. We're keeping an eye on her to see if she really has progressed forward from where she claims she's been and where she is now. And... Unfortunately, some of the stuff we've seen just doesn't seem like she's authentic. And it doesn't seem like she really cares. And, you know, I, I, I once again, I am team Florence Pugh. So it's getting harder and harder by the minute to want to go see this film. And it's upsetting because it really, uh, when I when I did the episode with, with Zach to start off the year, this was a film that I had put in my most anticipated for the year up there with what ended up being both of us defaulting to it because we forgot to put it on there, but now we're both going to go see it this weekend in Richmond with the writer and director and star of the film doing a Q&A session, and Clerks 3 ended up being on the top of our list. And yes, I'm going to see Clerks 3 this weekend, so there might be a special episode I'm going to talk to 
Zach and see if he wants to come on and maybe we'll do an early drop kind of in poach on Josh and Rob's territory of release during the week and do a special episode. Uh, or maybe next week's episode will just be the two of us chit-chatting about Clerks 3, which at that point, both of us, at least Zach, would have seen it twice. I might get to because my Regal is actually going to be showing it now, which is so wild. I used to have to drive an hour over a mountain to go see films like that. And now it's coming here. So that has me even more excited because that means that there's faith from distributors and Fathom and all of that, that that film in my town, I don't need to drive to the bigger city an hour away. Like they're going to put it here as well. Uh, But one film that I am really excited to check out, and I don't know if you saw the trailer for it. There is a new Jordan Peele film It is an animated horror fantasy. Now, I say it's a Jordan Peele film. He is just a producer, but it's Wendell and Wilde. It's uh, Key and Peele back together again. They're going to play Wendell and Wilde, but it is an animated horror fantasy, and the director of Nightmare Before Christmas and Caroline is the director of this as well. So it's a stop-motion animation, which, fun fact about me, is actually a style of animation that really creeps me out and bothers me. I am not a big, like I respect it because it is a craft. It is an art form and it is really impressive what they do. The amount of time they take to make shots happen for stop motion. But it really does like the Wallace and, uh, you know, I don't even remember the names of it, but like the, the Wallace and Gramit, right? Yeah. Those, I was not a fan of those. I can do a nightmare before Christmas, but I really can't do corpse bride. Like it's weird. It's weird how it works. I think I was young enough with a nightmare before Christmas that I've just kind of put that into my world of, I can stand that, but it still bugs me. Nightmare still bugs me, but I'm, I'm interested in this. It looks really cool. It, it, follows a teen punk girl who ends up, you know, like there's, there is an amusement park, like a hellish amusement park in the trailer. It's, it's a quick trailer. There's a lot being thrown at you, but I liked everything that you see. I liked the concept of it. It looks spooky. It looks, it looks family friendly, but super spooky as well. Like it's going to be able, it, it looks like a film that, is going to be able to toe the lines between appealing to the adults while also not, you know, going over the kids' heads too much, but it's not going to play down to the adults. Like, this seems like it could be a really good, fun family film, and it's going to be coming out next month in October, just in time for the spooky season. Uh, you know, well, I mean, spooky season technically is here. I did just officially buy my tickets for Halloween Horror Nights. Well, not my tickets. I, I, I've, I've technically had mine, but I've made the final purchases uh, for the trip that is now, wow, uh, really like two weeks away. In like two weeks, I'm going to be going to Dulles International, having a lot of alcohol because I really hate flying and really am terrified of it. And uh, taking a really late flight out that's going to put me in Orlando on Thursday early morning with my fiance. But yeah, so uh, pretty stoked on that. So spooky season is here, but 
this film is going to be coming out just in time for Halloween, is what I should say. Now, I have seen some things that are out. There are two shows out right now. I'm going to start with The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. The first two episodes dropped. And I was a big fan of these first two episodes. I really enjoyed it. It has the big budget. Well, and it's funny to say big budget because technically the Lord of the Rings films didn't have big budgets. I think the first film, it was like $44 million or something like that. They, they spent, they, it, it, it all obviously was spent on CGI, but it was really, it's actually a cheap film compared to like, I thought I th- I know I saw a stat and it was like this film had like three times the budget of Lord of the Rings and ended up being a failure and it was one of those like where you were like why did that family friendly film have more of a budget than what ended up being one of the highest grossing films and and a phenomenon that spawned Peter Jackson the guy that did the Frighteners to an Academy Award eventually but. I will say what's annoying about the Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power, is that this is the world of J.R.R. Tolkien. This is very similar to that of the Peter Jackson films. It feels like that world that Peter Jackson created, that world that everybody loved. As far as critics go, this is a film that is sitting at an 85%. And I get that. It's gorgeous. It's very well done storytelling. It's it's these first two episodes had really good setup, introduced the characters. We now know who our players are. We know where everybody's positioned. And things in the third episode, like this is a this is a series that's already after episode two, it's clear we're we're off and running now. We know who everybody is and where they are and what they do. And my fiance was sitting there looking at it and she was like, oh, like kind of spoiling it for for me because that's how well done it is. And the characters they pull from are characters from the books. Now, I make that a point to point out that my fiance was talking about all these things and knew everything that was going on and was well aware of all of these characters because this is a film or, or I should say this is a series that right now is getting the Ghostbusters 2016 effect. And it pisses me off that that's already a thing because the audience score is 39% and there is no effing reason why that should be outside of the fact that we are now following a female lead and that pisses people off. Not to mention some other things that I'm not going to get into, but listen, if a female pisses you off, then the fact that we are recognizing other people might exist in the world that do exist in the world clearly is driving this score down as well. So I'm blown away by that because it really, honestly, it was two very well done episodes. And if you enjoyed the Lord of the Rings films, there's no reason you wouldn't enjoy those episodes. And honestly... Here's another thing. If you didn't like those movies, you might enjoy this a little bit more because it's not about getting the rings and throwing them into a volcano. You know, the way Kevin Smith broke it down for some of us, 
Now, there's more going on in this one. There, This is, you know, we see elves and dwarves, our friends here, but we're building up to where they end up having a very, very long, long feud and do not trust each other. Like, there's going to be a lot more action in this than there was in the films. And there was action in the films. This idea that it was nothing more than just them walking is also crap to begin with. The third film was nothing but action and and two hours of 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 horses and war and all of that crap. And the first one had plenty of that. And the second one had plenty of that as well. So there is a lot more going on than just walking. But this is a show that's going to have more of the action because Amazon wanted their their Lord of the Rings, or I'm sorry, their Game of Thrones, and they found it with their Lord of the Rings. So the audience score, do not trust the audience score. That is a bullcrap score. That score should not exist. And this is, again, Ghostbusters 2016. It is being panned for the simple fact that a bunch of fragile egos are upset that there is a woman lead as opposed to a male lead. And that we might recognize that things that were even hinted at in Tolkien's work are now being shown on screen. So I've seen, you know, the idiots that are like, Tolkien trolling over in his grip. No, they're following everything that was laid out by him. You're just too stupid to realize that because your ego's hurt. So I this is one of the few times where I would say you can trust the critics on this one. It is a good show. It is worth a check out. Now, the other show I checked out, speaking of frail egos getting hurt she hulk attorney at law on disney plus is so much fun i was unsure how i was gonna feel about this show just because it looks so odd but so far it has really worked for me i dug the i dig the like deadpool style uh fourth wall breaking turning to the <clears throat> turning to the camera and talking to us but but again this is another one of those shows where if i told you what do you think the rotten tomato scores are it's getting ghostbuster 2016 as well as she hulk 87 from the critics 42 from the audience why because this show in episode 3 had the balls to do the ghostbusters 2016 thing which is straight up pull the obnoxious comments that were made on YouTube, on social media about the trailer and put it in the episode as a joke. They legit turn the mirror onto the idiots that are out there trying to destroy the score on Rotten Tomatoes. Like that's going to end up costing She-Hulk its audience. No, She-Hulk still has its audience. We're tuning in. And guess what? The idiots that are tuning in every week to try and destroy the score, thank you for tuning in as well. You're giving it exactly what it needs. And when the majority of the positivity is coming back and it's just you trying to destroy a Rotten Tomato score, it doesn't matter. But it's so annoying. It's so frustrating because it's a fun show. Uh, I will say the, the one thing that kind of 
got me, but I expect it's going to keep playing out because I, I think this, you know, I, I have my ideas of where I think the show is going to go this season, but I did think the abomination stuff was a little like, oh, okay, 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 okay. Like I, it was very like, all right, all right. You know, I, I, I get it, I guess. I don't know, but I do. Again, I have an idea of where I think that all is going to be going. So I'm okay with it for now. But maybe I'll do a full spoiler review at the end of the season because I don't want to spoil anything. I just want to tell you, you know, that this is a show that you should check out. It's fun. It's different. It is definitely Marvel's horniest show. Like, they are very, like, this is a sexualized show. Plus, we get a reveal of whether or not Captain America is or isn't a virgin. Like, we, like, that's what I mean. Like, this is a show that's all about, like, hey, the sex is nice. But the first three episodes were really fun. It was enjoyable. I know people were were pissed about the end credit scene in the third episode. It fits the character. Shut up. Get over it. And it was funny. If you can't laugh at it, then seriously, just stop watching at this point. Because you're going to be so pissed at everything from Marvel from this point forward if you can't handle the fact that we have two Hulks now in the MCU. Oh, Mark Ruffalo can't play the Hulk until he's 75, okay? He can't do it. Anyway, check out She-Hulk on Disney+. Plus. I'm excited for episode four. That'll do it for this week. Thank you all for hanging out. As always, please subscribe, rate and review, and share the show with friends if you enjoyed it. Until next time, peace and love. <laughs>